Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit on Your Community Radio, 91.1 FM. Uh, my name is Tree Song. And this is Orr. And yes, I'm uh, I'm actually running the board today. I'd see if I remember what all these buttons do. <laughs> it's been a while. I used to run it a lot. Um, so yeah, we're here. We're uh, we've made it this morning. I, I should have said uh, your solar powered community radio. I, I try to slip that in every time I do the. Even if it's cloudy. Even if it's cloudy, the sun is still getting some light through to us. As long as it's above ten percent light, it gets full voltage. So. We talked about this in the past. The Woolsey Operating Company again files for a fracking permit in White County. Now, how far is White County from here? It's, I forget exactly where. Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment Safe is submitting a comment letter to the IDNR. For more information, including an online form to sign the comment Letter, visit SAFE on Facebook or don'tfractureillinois.net. The Illinois Department of Natural Resources Office of Oil and Gas Resource Management on Friday announced the public comment period has been rescheduled for a high-volume horizontal fracturing company from Wichita, Kansas-based Woolsey Operating Company. If the permit is approved it will be the first issued in illinois since former governor pat quinn signed legislation in 2013 that cleared the way for fracking in the state we've been doing pretty good that's four years since um yeah we've kept it out for four years uh i mean it's largely due to economic reasons of them not wanting to do the fracking yet but now they're doing the permit process so they're obviously intending to start and so this this is a big story today because the deadline for the comment period is 5 p.m. today. So there's still time, there's still a few hours left to do these public comments. Let's see. It, well, as we mentioned, SAFE is circulating a letter that you can add your name to. Um, I believe they're traveling up there today to deliver some of those letters. So there's still maybe time for that. There's also the emails. Um, the emails are kind of, let's see, dnr.com hfpublickcomments at illinois.gov. Well, send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we'll forward you this whole news article. It's pretty detailed. Um, yeah, they've also, you can also uh, send in, let's see. And it says, per the IDNR, if public hearings are requested... And granted, they will be held 11 a.m. August 2nd at Enfield United Methodist Church Family Life Center at the corner of West Main and South Jeanette Streets. So they've picked the time and a place, but only if people request it, right? Yeah. Anyone wishing to speak at the hearing must first submit a comment per the instructions above. Once received, a hearing officer will review the comment determine if it has any standing the hearing is not open 
to general public comment. Any other questions about the above mentioned process should be directed to the hydraulic fracturing line at 217-558-2028. Wait a second. Our state has a hydraulic fracturing phone number? <laughs> yeah, apparently. I wonder if it's some if it's an office at the IDNR where they answer a bunch of different things, but they have a specific number to route it to them. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like so. Well, you know, they're probably going to get enough calls and letters that they will need someone uh, all day today working on that. Well, hopefully. Yeah. So. So yeah, and the address too for ma- mailing in the comments. Um, well, let's see. Yeah, or. Uh, Illinois Department of Natural Resources, Attention Oil and Gas Regulatory Staff, One Natural Resources Way, Springfield, Illinois, 62702. So yeah, there's still still time, but today is the last day by 5 p.m., which is why some people are going to Springfield today to deliver some of those comments in person. So we also have in other news, uh, Dakota Access. Two Dakota Access protesters say they purposely damaged the pipeline. Two Dakota Access protesters say they purposely damaged the pipeline. Earlier this week, outside of the offices of the Iowa Utilities Board, Ruby Montoya and Jessica Resnicek cited several instances where they used torches to cut through empty pieces of pipeline and pipe valves and burn construction equipment. So this wasn't just them sitting there holding a demonstration. They actually did some property damage. Uh, The pair's activities started the night of November 8th, Election Day, After describing the vandalism, the pair began to remove letters from the utility board's sign and were arrested by state troopers. Quote, To all those that continue to be subjected to the government's injustices, we humbly stand with you, Reznicek said, and we ask now that you stand with us. An Iowa Sierra Club lawyer condemned their actions. Another activist thanked the two for their courage as they were carted away. And a spokesperson for a pro-pipeline group called them, quote, violent criminals. Opinions seem mixed uh, as those over the pipeline itself. Both Reznicek and Montoya have been arrested before for involvement in protests. Quote, The system is broken and it is up to us as individuals to take peaceful action and remedy it, Montoya told reporters. So what's the point of them saying they did it? Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess they want to make it a big public like a public issue to go through the courts you know there are probably some people who would do the same thing and just quietly sneak off into the night (laughs) you know and then be free to go do it again but they chose to go the route where they say you know we're not going to hide we believe this is a moral thing that we're doing here are the reasons why we're doing it go ahead and arrest us do a court case yeah so they're trying to use trying to apply a moral and legal pressure it sounds like it is interesting, though, you know, the the choice to turn themselves in, because it sounds like until they went to this Iowa office and started tearing up the sign, it sounds like nobody knew they were the ones who did it. Uh-huh. But they decided to confess and turn themselves in to make a, a legal point of it. In other news, cracked, a major glacier in Greenland might be breaking apart. That's the buzz this week in the polar science community after a big new iceberg emerged at Peterman Glacier in far northwest Greenland. Scientists first spotted an extensive network of cracks 
in Peterman earlier this year. The worry is that those cracks may widen during the next few weeks, the warmest part of the short Greenland summer. Peterman is one of the largest and most important glaciers in the world with a direct connection to the core of the Greenland ice sheet. That means that even though this week's new iceberg at Peterman is just one five hundredth the size of the massive one that broke off the Larsen Sea ice shelf in Antarctica earlier this month, it could eventually have a bigger impact on global sea levels. Scientists believe that if Peterman collapses completely, it could raise the sea by about a foot. Wait, well, that's kind of a big deal in coastal areas. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like. Um, Major breakups also happened in, at Peterman in 2010 and, tw- and 2012, but the location of the current cracks suggests the glacier could soon shrink to its smallest size in recorded history. Research conducted in the last two years have shown that it's melting from both below and above, speeding up its eventual collapse. Another recent study showed that meltwater from Greenland is now the leading cause of global sea level rise, increasing more than fivefold since 1993. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. Yeah, and in geologic timescales, you know, for increasing that much that rapidly, that's just a very high rate of increase. And this is, unlike the ones we talked about that were already... Uh, Ocean-based, this is running the risk of having a bunch of land-based ice go into the ocean and thus raise sea levels a foot, like it says in the article. All right, so in other news, 50% rise in renewable energy needed to meet ambitious state standards. Renewable electricity generation will have to increase by 50% by 2030 to meet ambitious state requirements for wind, solar, and other sources of renewable power, according to a new report from... Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. The report looked at renewable portfolio standards, RPSs, commitments set by states to increase their percentage of electricity generated from sources of renewable energy, typically not including large-scale hydropower. 29 states and Washington, D.C. currently have such standards, covering 56% of all retail electric sales in the country. Quote, I think that the industry is quite capable of meeting that objective cost-competitively and actually then some, said Tom Foley, Senior Vice President of Policy and Government Affairs at the American Council on Renewable Energy. Seven states, Maryland, Michigan, New York, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Illinois, and Oregon. Illinois, we have uh, 25% renewables by 25, year 25. Yeah. So we're, this is, this is a news article where Illinois is actually on the good list. (laughs) So (laughs) let's bask in that for a moment. (laughs) So those states we mentioned, as well as Washington, D.C., have increased their RPS requirements for new wind and solar projects since the start of 2016. And that's the the, uh, deadline that Aura just mentioned. No states weakened their RPS policies during this time. That's also good to know, because if, you know, seven of them strengthen it and seven of them weaken it, (laughs) you're just two steps forward, two steps back. But no states weakened their goals. Some of the most ambitious requirements are in California and New York, which require 50% of electricity to come from renewable sources by 2030, and Hawaii, which requires 100% from renewables by 2045. Now, I mean, the downside of that is 2045 is a pretty long way away, 
but it is a 100% goal, so that is something. RPS policies have driven roughly half of all growth in U.S. renewable electricity generation and capacity since 2000 to its current level of 10% of all electricity sales, the National Labs report shows. In parts of the country, the mandates have had an even larger effect. They accounted for 70-90% to 90% of new renewable electricity capacity additions in the West, Mid-Atlantic, and Northeast regions in 2016. Now, there's a, there's a longer article that talks about some of the other factors that influence it, too, like just cost in general going down, which has gotten people to install more renewables. But these, ma- these mandates at the state level have helped produce the results they were intended to. Well, in the process of creating the mandate, they eliminate any obstacles. Yeah. So that's helpful. Yeah, and then the mandates also help because once you get large volumes of of renewables being installed, then economy of scale starts to set in, and it becomes easier to produce those uh, lower prices for everything. Very true. World's first floating wind farm emerges. Emerges. What is it? Just like it comes <laughs> rising out of the, the ocean. Air. It's like emerges off the coast of Scotland. It's like a beautiful whale just leaping. It just into like the... floated up out of the. Yeah. The world's first full-scale floating wind farm has started to take shape off the northeast coast of Scotland. The revolutionary technology will allow wind power to be harvested in waters too deep for the current conventional bottom-standing turbines. The Peterhead Wind Farm, known as the High Wind, is a trial which would bring power to 20,000 homes. Manufacturer Statoil says output from the turbines is expected to equal or suppress, surpass generation from current ones. It hopes to cash in on a boom in the technology, especially... especially in Japan and the west coast of the U.S. where waters are deep. Quote, This is a tech development project to ensure it's working in open sea conditions. It's a game changer for floating wind power, and we are sure it will help bring costs down. End quote. Said Leaf, project director for High Wind. So far, one giant turbine has already been moved into place, while four more wait in readiness in a Norwegian Ford. By the end of the month, they'll all have been towed to 15 miles, 25 kilometers, off of Peterhead, where they'll float upright like giant floating fishing, you know, what are those called? The fishing lures. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just like... <laughs> yeah, see, if I were designing it, I would make it look like a whale with like a beanie copter on its head. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would go for, but (laughs) they probably have some more practical-minded designers working on it. (laughs) Just (laughs) Just imagine you see a couple of whales floating off the shore. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good idea. See, this is great, though, because it does offer ways to have that that wind power that is not, like, have it in places where you can't anchor it to the bedrock, you know, a little further out, especially because there are people... Well, even anchoring it to the bedrock, imagine how hard it is to actually do that. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to say, but then someone's got to go down there and drill on the bedrock and do it in a way so that the water doesn't wash everything away. <laughs> it takes a lot of engineering skill. And, and this, you know, also takes engineering skill, but it's, you just get to let it float. Yeah. 
So that's exciting news. The more ways that we can have to to develop renewable energy, the better. Diversification. Yeah. Because then, you know, if one is a little low at one point, the other one will pick it up. And the diverse portfolio of renewable energy sources will uh, balance each other out. So let's see. We've got some holidays coming up. Oh, this is this is an exciting one. National Milk Chocolate Day. Now, I tend to be more of a dark chocolate person, but maybe today, just for a day, I will have some milk chocolate. They're not talking about chocolate milk. Yeah, now chocolate milk, that, yeah. I mean, maybe that's the way I can handle it. <laughs> just like, I'll just have some chocolate milk yeah, instead. Yeah, it's just like, it says milk chocolate, so. Yeah. Oh, it's also System Administrator Appreciation Day. Now, I want to say as someone who has done tech work before and who's actively avoiding it like the plague, <laughs> um, it takes a lot of work to keep these these technical systems running, you know. So show some appreciation for those uh, those people, you know, who they're often in little caves in their homes like or in their offices in little cubicles in the dark working on that code all day. So show them some appreciation on System Administrator Appreciation Day. Coming up, we've got International Tiger Day, National Chicken Wing Day, and National Lasagna Day. I don't see how they could tie together. I don't really <laughs> think chicken wings can go into a lasagna or the tigers like either of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of food-oriented ones this time. National Cheesecake Day on Sunday. And uh, Father-in-Law Day, International Day of Friendship. Mutt's Day. It's yep. not the same as day as National Girlfriend's Day. Those are separate. <laughs> Let's see. We've also got National Mountain Climbing Day. This is an interesting one. National Raspberry Cream Pie Day. I don't know if I've ever had a raspberry cream pie, but it sounds delicious. And National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. And we are into August with National Watermelon Day. Yeah. I've definitely had both of those, ice cream sandwiches and watermelon. I think I had watermelon yesterday. <laughs> I've had it recently. So July is it's wrapping up July. That's strange. National Blueberry Month, National Anti Boredom Month. I never get bored, so that's fine. <laughs> Unlucky Month for Weddings, National Cell Phone Courtesy Month, National Hot Dog Month, National Ice Cream Month, National Picnic Month. A lot of people getting out and enjoying the outdoors for this really hot month. Now, Keep Carbondale Beautiful is wrapping up their Champion Tree program by making announcements tonight at the 4th Friday Fair, which is at 7 p.m. Keep Carbondale Beautiful will announce several of Carbondale's Champion Trees and present certificates to nominators and property owners. Come and cheer them on. We'll also recognize our measurers some of whom were also nominators, and a couple other trees that are standouts. So again, if you want to see what are our biggest trees in town, come by on time. On time, yeah. Well, the fair starts at 6, it's like 6 to 9, and they're going to announce it about 7 o'clock. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of curious about this because of the, um, you know, there's... Uh, on the northwest side, there's this one oak tree that I've wondered if it's like a champion oak tree because it's so large and seems like a really old tree. But they, they've done all the, the researching now. People have brought them the submission. So we will find out tonight. Did you nominate it? I didn't nominate it, actually. <laughs> I, I should hopefully have. Hopefully someone did. Hopefully someone did. I mean, yeah. It's a pretty easy to find one, so I bet someone nominated it. 
So as we mentioned, the fourth Friday Fair celebrates Americana. That's the theme, is celebrating Americana this month. It's coming up tonight, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. Fourth Friday Fair will celebrate Americana with a vintage fashion show by Geek Betty Vintage and more. And classic uh, uh, classic music will be there uh, by Sarah Lemon, Lennon, excuse me, and Hey Honey. As always, there will be kids' activities, a food court, merchandise vendors, information tables, BYOB. It's a fun time there at the Fourth Friday Fair. Yeah, it's something for everybody. Yeah, I'm actually planning on going. I think I'm going to make it this Friday. Also today, 2017 Poetry in a Park. Second installation. This will be the second Poetry in the Park open mic night this summer. For those who missed the last one, this is your chance. For those who loved the last one, even more fun. For those who are just now hearing about the event, please feel welcome. If you do anything creative whatsoever, I wholly encourage you to attend and demonstrate your abilities to the supportive and eager audience. Poets, artists, musicians, magicians, (laughs) variety acts, slingers of the pen, you are all invited. Rather just watch. That works. There's no pressure here. It will be f- Friday. That's today from 6 to 10 p.m. at the Heron Park. Yeah. And I actually went to this last month. Um, first of all, I've never been to Heron Park. It's such a big and nice park. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's huge. Where um, is it? I'm trying to think where. It's, I it's, haven't been there. I should. Yeah, it's off. It's like a little bit off the main street in Heron. Um, I don't remember the name of the street. I'll look it up because. But yeah, it's only like my my office is only about seven minutes from Heron. So yeah, and you'll have to drive around the loop a little bit to find the band shell where they have the uh, poetry in the park. Um, but it's it it's like they describe it. There are people with different kinds of, you know, there are people doing poetry, people doing music, people doing a sort of vocal altering performance with this. The little gadget they had. Uh, Vocal alter. Okay. Yeah, it made like sci-fi noises. It turned their voice into sci-fi noises. You mean like... Yeah. <laughs> Some of it would sound like almost normal, and then it would go into the sci-fi mode. And <laughs> it was pretty fun. Uh, so that's tonight, 6 to 10, over at Heron Park in Heron. And we've got time for a few more of these happenings. It's Fresh Fitness. It's happening every Saturday this summer. Uh, 10 a.m. at the Turley Park. City of Carbondale is teaming up with Carbondale Park District to host a series of fitness classes every Saturday during the Carbondale Farmer's Market in June and July. Oh, so this may be the last one if it's only June and July. For some reason, I'm thinking they've extended it, but we'll have to double check. Yeah, we'll get you the update on that next week uh, if it is indeed happening in August. So it's from 10 to 11 at Turley Park. It's great because you've got the the fresh local food at the farmer's market and then fresh fitness at the Turley Park. Yeah, I mean, they. I remember reading a press release that said that they've extended it out because it's so popular. Yeah. But I don't remember until what date, so. Well, that's good. Yeah, we will try to find that for next week. Um, Ex- but we, it's been extended, though. The best part, experience is not required. Yeah, you can be completely new to it. Now, you should wear comfortable clothes and bring a water bottle, towel, and or a yoga mat. 
and they do have a cash donation is suggested. To, but yeah, so for more information, you can also call six one eight five five nine one nine three nine. Continuing the conversation every Tuesday at seven p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of Southern Illinois residents meets on Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. for continuing the conversation in the Newman Center at 715 South Washington Street in Carbondale. The purpose is over the past year as the Race Unity Group has evolved from discussion to action. To bring together an interracial community, we first Listen respectfully to each other's life stories. With weekly meetings, we saw strangers become like-minded comrades in arms, and we've built a community that has strengthened our understanding and compassion for one another. Also coming up, we have the Transpoetic Playground on Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. over at Guy House, 913 South Illinois. You forgot to mention that's August 1st. Oh, yeah, that's August 1st. It's the start of August. We're almost through the summer then, aren't we? Well, we're getting into some of the hottest days (laughs) of summer. What are you talking about? (laughs) We're halfway. (laughs) Just like, don't you wish. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, I I tend to think of the summer ending sooner than it actually does just because the semester starts and everything changes. But those first few weeks of the semester are always just blistering hot still. <laughs> so Transportic Playground is coming up on Tuesday, 8.30, over at Guy House. Fun time with poetry. And uh, I I think I'm going to make it back for this one. I've only been going to about half of them lately, but I think I've got this one locked down. But I may see you there. And our final event... Cool Spoons Marion Helps the Women's Center. On Wednesday, August 2nd, from 5 till 9 p.m. at Cool Spoons in Marion, they will donate 10% of all proceeds from this event to the Women's Center. The Women's Center is also looking for donations of backpacks for a separate event, their upcoming Back to School Bash. For more information, contact the Women's Center at the women st excuse me the women sctr.org abbreviated center there so yeah but well we made it through all the happenings in time it's time to wrap it up now <laughs> what are you planning to do for the weekend don't forget to go to the farmers market cuz um, there are absolutely tons and tons of good vegetables this time of the year. This is the time of the year that everything is running in quality and quantity. Yeah, all so, those veggies and fruits, berries. So stock up and fill your freezer. And if you're into canning, do some canning because this is the time of the year you get all that tomato sauce. And um, I put it in my uh, sun oven and let it slow cook down to a really nice thick sauce. And then um, I'll probably be lazy this time around and freeze some. But um, I usually can it. So I'll yeah. do like 10, 10 quarts at a time. So Then you've got it for the winter. Yep. So I'd like to do that more. I've done that with berries before, put them in the freezer. But 
uh, you know, more canning, more freezing. I actually like <laughs> frozen blueberries almost more than fresh ones. <laughs> it's just you can just pop a couple in your mouth and it's just like woohoo, a burst of cool just like antioxidants and I don't know. How do you explain a burst of, you know, blueberry in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, there's no way to explain it till you try it. All right, well, it's been another exciting episode of Your Community Spirits. We hope you have a good weekend, and we will see you next week on the radio.